What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You're listening to Comedy Central. Now hiring. A Jacksonville school teacher at the center of a controversy for not removing a Black Lives Matter flag from over her classroom door. Has been given a settlement of three hundred thousand dollars from yes. the Jacksonville School District. Ching, motherfucking okay. ching. I like that. Now that was worth it. Yes. I like that. Now, she is a white teacher. Oh, wait oh. a minute. Is she gonna donate that money? That was my question. <laughs> <laughs> Should she have to? I would yes. think yes would be a fair answer no, to that. Uh, Okay, how much? How much of the three hundred thousand should she give to Black Lives Matter? Two hundred and fifty thousand. Okay, she I needs to know. take out I taxes. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know, third, because there's some reports that Black Lives Matter been fucking up the church's money too, so she might just need to hold on to that till they figure out a new donation strategy. Put that shit in the NFT. <laughs> <laughs> This is my job, fam. We're talking education today. It is Teacher Appreciation Week. Yes. Here on the job fair, we're going to shower these wonderful, wonderful educators with some flowers today. We're going to talk with a bunch of educators who are doing things in the charter school sector, the charity sector, like just everything mm-hmm. teaching. Can we take a quick second to shout out the teachers in our lives? You know what I'm saying? Like, can we can we do that? Is that fair? One teacher. Oh, I know mine off the top. Mr. Dowlings, he was my band director in the seventh grade. He told me, and I quote, you are a terrible flute player. Terrible. But you can sell the hell out of some candy. I like Jacqueline that. was selling them pecan logs. Right? Oh, them, it them was, turtles, them Katie dids. I was Katie killing dids. it. I was killing it. I had the band in the black for like three years. I had everyone whose parents had like a company to mm. go ahead and buy multiple boxes. Mm. He wouldn't let me out the band for that reason. My middle school soccer coach, Bob Norman, like that was mm. one of the first people that like really encouraged me, like where I felt like I could do it. Mm. You know, like everything was about 
classroom education and achievement. Mm-hmm. And I had that for the most part-ish. Mm-hmm. But outside of the classroom and athletics, that level of your approach to athletics, could ch- you know this third, it changes your approach to everything else in your life. And mm-hmm. so he gave me a lot of confidence in the ability to believe in myself. So, you know, Bob That's Norman's good. up there. I got a bunch of, you know, you know, teachers didn't really start saving my life till college, but that's a separate. We don't yeah, really, that's a whole other talk educators, but yeah, we don't really. T- yeah, we we talking. If I do high school, then I have to. It's two women. One is because they both were super influential. Uh, one would be uh, Miss Blake. That'd be my ninth grade English teacher, because she was the one that made me realize I had to pay attention to class and put me in GT programs. And then the other one would be uh, Diane Grainer, my speech coach in high school. They encouraged me to stick with forensics because she mm. called me early and told me that I was not very good at basketball, but I did not want to hear that. But she was like, you're very talented at speech, and she was, she was right. So yeah, definitely Miss Blake and Miss Grainer are my two, for sure. And my mama, and my grandmama. <laughs> Shit, I almost got in a whole bunch of trouble. My mom and my grandmama we too. We are children of educators, you and mm-hmm. I. My mother, 30 years in higher ed. My father taught journalism for a little while in between gigs. like. Like, my dad was so good at journalism, he could just, between journalism gear, let me just swing to a prestigious institution to teach these little motherfuckers. Oh, I love semesters. it. That's wrong. That's Get what's on, up. Back out on the grind. Like, he treated college education as a side hustle. Mm. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let me pick up a couple months, a little, little bit of this yeah. tenure real quick and get on back out there. I mm. Third, you used to teach. Did you ever try to fight a kid? What? Yeah, that's why I quit teaching. What? Yeah, well, because here's the thing about Ralph. Ralph, <laughs> Ralph is very honest with himself about a temper and having a temper and learning how to control that <laughs> in a way that's productive. What was it? What was your breaking point as a teacher, Ralph? When did you go? All right, I can't do this. I have to stay the journalism <clears throat> path. The breaking point was the the fact that the young man decided to announce in front of the entire class that he knew what kind of car. I drove and rattled off my license plate. Then he said, I know your wife's car is this car, mm. and then rifled off her out-of-state license plate, and then proceeded to tell everybody in the class that he can make fun of me, Mr. Cooper can make fun of me all he wants. I just know that when class is over and he come out in these streets, me and my goons is gonna handle him. And I'm like, yo, goon, what? did you just say my word? <laughs> Let's go to the office. Yeah. And so when I take him yeah. to the office, <laughs> He kept talking noise to me, and I'm, and for real, JG, I did do well. Like I didn't strangle him on the way uh-huh. to the office, but he was talking <laughs> shit. Like he was cash money talking shit to me, and and I was trying my best. And like he just kept talking so much shit. And when I turned and dropped him into the office, he was still like, "Yeah, you wait till we go outside. I'm gonna take care of this." And um, the security guy for the school looked at me, said, "Cooper, you all right?" I said, "Nah," and I put my badge on the table. I let the kid go, and they looked at me, and they was like, you all right? I was like, nah, man, I quit. And they are like, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm done with this shit. And then I turned around and hog-tied that fucking kid and then dragged his ass almost all the way out to school. They had to take his ass off. I was like, yo, you talk a lot of shit. Come on outside, bro. Like, I sat, I sat outside the school. It was I called my wife, and it was like, yeah, it's what over. Grade, what grade is this again? What grade is this child? He was a, a dirty neck sophomore. Of a kid, like he just, I don't. She mm. had that qualifying adjective. Yeah, just, that's what great he was saying. Yeah. Like, you got to understand, the motherfucker couldn't dress. He didn't bathe. Why were you I, making fun of him? If you've ever taught, let's say kids, high school and lower, 
I say this. There's two things that I learned about teaching that I would never take mm-hmm. back. Number one, anyone who teaches, especially in, to my opinion, like high school, middle school, elementary school, those people, they really, really like what they do. You have to. Because like when you're dealing with other people's children and you like care that a kid can't eat a lunch or you, you know, you kind of care when the kid comes to the same school clothes and, you know, dirty, tattered, and you want to help them out. That takes a special person. Like that's yes. just that's just a, an amazing thing, which leads to the second thing that I learned which is that I am not that person. I don't give two shits. I, look, <laughs> it's hard you enough. Know, right, it's yeah. hard enough to raise my own two kids. I don't think that everybody got the patience that you got, JG. Because no, some of these don't. kids be talking hella ratchet to you, and then they like to cross the line. I don't care that you go talk a little ratchet. Just don't he cross the line. He was gonna fight him still. Y'all still mad. his <laughs> monkey ass if I saw him right now. Fifteen years, you still <clears> want to fight that mother? I can say this too, and 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 I'm actually rather proud of this shit. The, most of the kids that I taught through Facebook and and everything else, most of the kids that I taught, I've watched grow up mm-hmm. um, and go on to be like pretty dope kids. You know what I'm saying? Or do, just dope people. Watch some of the kids who dropped out. Definitely my kids at Baloo. Watch some of my kids who are brilliant as high schoolers drop out because they got pregnant or had kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to turn around and watch them on Facebook and Instagram to, that they went back to school and they ended up graduating from college or going to Howard or UDC. Some of the kids I've got, you know, yeah. I've got kids that went to UDC and pledged. You know, just, I mean, they just, they, they never, a lot of those kids didn't think that they were ever going to go to school. They didn't think they were going to do anything. So, I got a lot of love and a lot of respect for teachers, man. It's it's it's, the, it's easily the hardest job I've ever had in my life, I would say. Anyway, Raph, you clean that up real good, but it don't change the truth. So, for resigning on the spot and thus protecting your pension, instead of putting your hands on them first and then getting fired for it, for resigning on the spot before yoking up one of them <laughs> motherfuckers, Ralph! is our Cody's most yes. outstanding employee of the week. Agreed. Nicely done, brother. Oh, That's agreed. how you got to do it. You don't hit them then quit. Nope. You got to take your gun and badge off. Turn in your gun and badge, oh alone. <laughs> Here you go, boss. <laughs> Come across this table. He tried to like fight it. a fucking 10th grader. <laughs> he was a big kid in my defense. He was He was like 6'2", kind of big. He was no. big. No. What? No. Sidebar, JG. Eighth grade, one of my teachers taught me the importance of a petition. There's an internal petition in our office against you, Roy Wood Jr. Oh. What? Oh, yeah. What'd I do? It's an internal petition to take staff to Hawaii. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Jack, have you seen gas prices in airline tech? I might not make it to that gig in Hawaii in August. I don't know what you're talking about. I, y'all better, better take a boat. We better leave now. You want a kayak? You like kayaking? You can't kayak across an ocean. You got to see it to, to achieve it. You got to envision it. Teamwork makes the dream work? Is that how that works? <laughs> yeah. Everybody has signed this petition, Roy Wood Jr. We want to go to oh, Hawaii. Jesus, let's meet the first black girl teacher. Worse than first time. JG, since we since we celebrating the educators uh-huh. this episode, 
whole episode about the educators and the teachers and what y'all do. Underpaid. I thought it'd go be ahead. fun. And well, you know, I mean, all y'all got to do is go on straight. You know, drag just, us back just stop showing up. Look, I don't. I know that teachers have this selfless care mm-hmm. for the world. Right. And you also low key, you got to have like self-esteem out the ass because kids is going to attack everything. Let me tell you a quick story about the time we made a teacher cry. What? Mm. Have you ever done that third at any point? You ever like. Um, nah, because my mama was a scary teacher. Oh, and my God. The, the thought of them calling my mother after doing something that that inanely stupid. Uh, back in those days, scared the shit out See, of me. See, so I was no. wilding back in the day. I was wilding because my mom was still in Birmingham City. Uh-huh. But then mm. she got fed up teaching middle schoolers and she went to the college sector around my sixth or seventh grade year. Mm. But man, there was a teacher. It was like one of them little student teachers, one of them little college niggas that come to the school to shadow uh-huh. at the in the ghetto and learn about the ghetto youth. <laughs> I don't remember her name. She went to Auburn. And if you can find digging the crates, I don't know where you'd find it, but if you can find an episode of College Jeopardy from 1991 or 92, there's a girl from Auburn who lost by a dollar. No. She is our student teacher, and when she and she had bragged all week, you guys, I'm gonna be on Jeopardy, and you're gonna see me on Jeopardy, and I'm gonna win the money. She talked cash shit. She went on there and got her ass monkey stomped in Final Jeopardy by a dollar, and we clowned her. We clowned her. JG, who was this wonderful? I don't know, educator, former educator. We got on this phone. Yeah, former educator. Douglas, and he wants to talk about a year of teaching Trojan Man, and he wants oh, wow. to put it in worse than first. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're a teacher, so I'm sure you can tell us plenty worse than first. Oh, but hell, what yeah. city, how long have, how long were you in education? What drove you to education in the first place? Mm. Um, man, my, my grandmother, my grandfather, they were educators. Um, so it was just uh it was just kind of in, in in the genes i guess and i just i mean i just like doing service like driven type work yeah. like and working with people mm-hmm. and and stuff like that so it was just it was just kind of like a natural fit you like kids and all that stuff too man i i actually do yeah i, I think i can handle it better because i don't have any that's the um, thing we don't so have like children. Yeah, yeah. so so because I don't have any, I, I have probably like excessive patience. So, how did you settle in on which age group that would work? Because my mom, my mom originally wanted to do middle schoolers because she was like, "That's when they're, that's when the things you say can sink in." Yeah. So I want to be the first person to say that, they, oh, my God, these little motherfuckers crazy. I'm going to college where they already got their problems sorted out. So, I, I, yeah, I, uh, so I've actually worked across like 
all levels of K through 12 in a bunch of different capacities. Mm. Public um, and private or just public? public? Pub, I've worked in public, private, charter. Um, I've worked in rural, suburban, urban, uh, <laughs> you That's name it. Like, I, yeah, I've been... For a I've been, man to be K through 12. J, JG just set up. It. She just yeah. set up. Yeah. You got her. T- you yeah, make catfish jealous. How you feel about hard fried fish sandwiches and mustard? you fried catfish Yeah, You ain't got no kids. I'm just saying. That's real. That's real. And you, clearly, and you clearly have a job. You you clearly have a. Hey man, do you, do you do you send flowers randomly to people? Uh, nah, I feel like so. At that point, I, I follow the words of wisdom of Rod. I feel like that may be simping, and I feel like oh. I try to stay. And you see how y'all roasted my man with the flowers last time? It was like. JG might just want some sausages or something. So how do you become dubbed? How are you dubbed Trojan Man? Oh wow. Okay, so by these evil ass middle schoolers. (laughs) Okay, so it's my first year, first job, fresh out of college, first year teaching. Um, (laughs) Picture this, Plano, Texas. Um, I'm teaching eighth grade. I got like um What's the demo I, of this class? What's the yeah, what's that's the ethnic? That's good to know, yeah, because that's that's important for the sentence. So like it's probably predominantly like the school was like forty percent Caucasian, forty percent Asian, and then the other twenty was like just brown. Just whatever the you know, pick a complexion. Just, it was just brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You pick them, it was, yeah. Pick an immigrant. We got some of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Some of us, some of them. <laughs> A little bit of everybody, so just all so kind of, a little bit of everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, so that's the demographics, right? And so, like, to just like you were saying, bro, like how you were saying, like, tormenting teachers and making teachers cry and, and just shit like that. Like, I had some some boys. It was like a group of like three boys. And Thursday, I was leaving work. They had missed the bus with their bad asses, and so. I'm driving out the parking lot. They see me in my car, and they run up, and they go, hey, hey, yo, hey, what's up? What's up? Hey, it's us. What's up? Can I get a ride? And I slow down, and as they run up to my car, that's where I was. I was just having a good heart, right? So I slowed down, and I think I was maybe going to get a ride. I don't know. But then as they got closer, they start roasting me. They'd be like, it was like, Oh, I see why you ain't got no girlfriend. Look at your car. Ha ha. Like they so they can so they already so okay. So they continue to walk up to my car, right? And so then all three of them get to my car. They walk up to my car, they look at me, they look down at my seat, (laughs) they just start giggling. And then they take off running. They say, ah, ha, ha, don't worry. We ain't going to tell nobody. We ain't going to tell nobody. And I'm sitting there like, what the hell? Like, what are they even talking about? So they ran off. And as they did that, I looked down at my seat. And like I said, it was Thursday. I had some plans Friday. And I was on the side of town where the condoms was cheaper on Thursday. So anyways, I had some condoms in my front seat. It was kind of oh, in my front seat. Oh. So, and so this is like, you know, back in the day where they had the uh, campaign where it was like Trojan, man. Like they had the whole radio yeah. campaign. Oh, okay, so Pete, next day. I'm shook all night because I wore a few black teachers oh, at a predominantly oh. white school. Here's it's my thing. first year. My first year teaching. Mm. I'm scared. I'm like, yo, I'm about to get fired. Did I just commit a sex crime? Do I got to register? Can you have oh. condoms in school? I didn't bring them for that. What 
I'm nervous. I'm shook. I'm shaking. I'm trying to plan the next day. I'm like, look, I'm gonna let these. I'm gonna get these motherfuckers a movie day. Maybe if I'm just nice to them, we can just. We just talking about the lesson plans today. What y'all yeah, want to see? Yeah, Matrix, yeah, Godzilla, you know whatever. What I'm, so I'm, I'm cool. So I'm like, okay. And those boys, they was in my like fifth period class, like fourth or fifth period class. So mm. I go in first period, second period, third period. I'm shook. Don't nobody say nothing. Third period, fourth period come. They was never in class on time. Today. They was as separate as fingers and all things. They came together like a fist. They hit my ass over the head, bro. It was crazy. It was crazy. So, like, they came in all on time. They came in together, which was odd. Uh, and it was obviously, you know, I had a handful of black kids that was at the school that would wreak havoc, but, you know, they liked me. They, went, mm. they was nice, nasty to me, if you want to put it like that, right? So they came in, all went and sat in the back of class. Already, they was already pushing boundaries. I seen it in their eyes. They had like a heinous look. It was already about to be. It was about to be. No, it was. It was already knew they came in prepared for some black on black crime. And the fact that they sat together in the back, they sat together in the back, and we they knew we had a damn seating chart. They knew they didn't sit together. I strategically never sat them three together. And they and they came. Okay, so they go straight to the back. I'm so All right, sorry, sure. dog. Bet. All right, so we rocking. Okay, these. Ooh, I don't even know what kind of word to use. I don't know what adjective I'm going with. These little motherfuckers. These, these, okay. little motherfuckers. I'm with yeah, that. I'm fuck with it. that. Fuck it. That's where I was at the time. These little motherfuckers, man. They were so bad. <laughs> they let me get 15 minutes into the lesson. I'm, I'm just thinking it's cool. Okay, so I'm talking. And then I hear in the back. And I'm trying not to. I'm trying to. Because I know what they're doing. And I'm trying not to pay attention. I'm thinking if I just keep it light, keep it light. You know what I'm saying? I definitely can't call none of their parents today. Like, can't uh-huh. nobody get sent home. Just making fun no. of my condoms they got in me the in a position. in my front seat. Right. No, I mean, I, like, so they humming. I ignore it. The rest of the class is just kind of looking. They, they, but they quiet. And as I continue to ignore it, they humming louder. Then finally, they all get up. Stand up, Trojan man. They stand up doing like TikTok dances to this clip. They're the choreograph. Trojan man, Trojan man. They doing all that shit with it, popping and locking. And I'm just, I just, class went nuts, right? So it was just, oh. it took me like maybe 10, 15 minutes to calm these little motherfuckers down. Like they had all united. Oh. It was dumb. And I keep it, like to their credit, those three did keep it solid. They did not tell anybody else because the rest of the class didn't know. Like, they, they kept it G. They so really the rest kept of the class like, is lost. That's they respect. was just lost. They, they just went crazy because they knew it was the kind of commercial, you know what I'm saying, going on in the classroom. So they kept it solid. They didn't say that. They would just start calling me Trojan Man and, and running off and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? It was just, it was painful. What grade was this again? This was eighth grade. Oh. Brother Doug. I'm sorry that that happened to you, man. And um, I hope now you keep your condoms <laughs> under the car seat. Out of the sun. <laughs> Please do, Doug. Brother, thank you so much for calling into the job fair. And uh, thank you for being an edumacator. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank y'all for having me. After the break, we're going to learn more about teaching. We're going to talk to Rod here for a oh, second. Gosh. Talk to Rod. I want, I want Rod's story of the time he's made a teacher cry. Because I feel like 
everybody's either made a teacher cry or seen a teacher cry. And I bet you Rod's story is amazing. I bet you he's also dating that teacher now. It's the job fair. Mm. We'll be right back. Sixteenth Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take the dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized and already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the 1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop like Detective Louis Scarcella. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's one version. This guy is a piece of shit. Derek Hamilton was put away from murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And the law was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek and other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars. We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarcella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go themselves. I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin-Ross. And this is The Burden. Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts. job fair and we are appreciating the teachers yeah. right now wake up all the teachers and they're smoking that man no. can't be smoking crack you're <laughs> for yourself you're having sex with all them students mm. without no contraception mm. now you in jail and you still pregnant pregnant the world don't get no better. Don't you join me. <laughs> we slow it down now before we get back to the educators that are waiting on the line. And we, we welcome onto the show a man whose job it is every week to give you topics to break down with your coworkers of the opposite race. If you're bored at your job and you don't have a lot in common with people you can't stand, Huh? hopefully this man can give you a little bit of wisdom and a topic or two to make a little bit of small talk. He is a fan of the New England Patriots. He is a former veterinarian assistant and 
We learned uh, last week that he has sex during X-Men movies <laughs> in the theater. Legend. His mama named him Narado. We call him Rod for short. Rod, as we talk educators this week and teacher week and appreciating the teachers, get the people a couple things that they can share at the job about the teachers who be out there teaching. You know, I would like to start by saying that the, the song you brought us in with is very apropos because in researching one of my stories that has to do with the city of Philadelphia, I came across a story about a teacher who was recently arrested oh. after she was found to be having sexual contact with one of her female students and she was turned mm-hmm. in by her husband <laughs> oh damn apparently her husband oh, went through the old ipad <laughs> found some things going on between her and one of the students and he also works for the school district so this is a student that he oh, has messy. seen his wife interact with and has interacted with himself and i want to applaud that oh. brother for <laughs> reaching for the phone to call the police and not reaching for a gun no. or a murder suicide because that is respect that has got to be a hard situation to wrap your mind around and they have the the audacity so to speak to call it in instead of just losing your shit and blacking out that's that's a hell of a what thing is it oh JG, you're the you're the education arm of this show. You know, the current education arm. What is it about them young students that make them teachers want to bang them? Because I'm trying to think of any other job. You work around people and proximity breeds familiarity and therefore it makes you want to bang the people you see the most frequently yeah. in your life. Is that the same thing here, Jacqueline? Where just after a while, you just stare at a 13-year-old boy like, fuck it, he, that's grown enough. No. No. I have a no. theory. What's your theory? I, just it's it's this job. You won't it see is. it in this job. What people be I fucking the 13 I think the, the reason that happens is teachers are, it's one of the few professions where it takes you backwards socially instead of forward. Like most people graduate. Keep going. From, what you mean? Most people graduate from college, and then they spend all their time around adults, and they do adult things, and they're part of the adult world. Teachers are part of a children's world. Teachers don't necessarily grow up the same way everybody else does. Teachers graduate from college, and then they go right back to high school. And they're outnumbered, like 25 to 1. So they don't really exist in an adult world. Everybody there around is children. And the familiarity thing that we talked about with coworkers is that most teachers aren't cool. Most teachers aren't gorgeous. And we're talking about men and women. So if you're a dork who was bullied in high school or nobody really cared for you, and now you come back as a teacher, students look up to teachers and they flirt with them and they look to them for guidance, a bunch of different shit that they didn't get that when they're in a high school experience as students. And I think that breeds that familiarity. And then now as a man or a woman that's a teacher, now you've got a chance to live out your homecoming king and queen 
ideals because now you're one of the prettiest people at the school. You're one of the coolest people at the school. Students are gravitating towards you with their crushes and this is the first time that somebody's really hit on you like that and really looked up to you every day and flattered you. A lot of those people get weak and they fall into that instance. Because I don't think most of them aren't pedophiles. It's usually the first time they've done something like this. And it's just because you're a man that women don't care for, but all of these young women who look attractive are all over you and vice versa for the women and they just they just fall into that shit sometimes. And they're silly for falling into it. Yeah, of course they, they have are. to be stronger. And if they're not stronger, find something else to do with your time. There is nothing someone who I am teaching that is 10, 15 years younger than me can actually even do for me that I'm interested in. Jacqueline, how do you know that your soulmate isn't a 12-year-old who's coming <laughs> to the I, I, that, I, I know my soulmate is not a 12-year-old. It's, listen, it's that, it's that classic power dynamic, man. People in power like to wield that power. It comes with, if you're not used to having that sort of power, it comes with something that's very intoxicating that you're not used to. And people get caught up. Shit happens. Just like adults get caught up in situations that don't involve sex like that. That's what happens to those teachers. It really is something interesting. Okay, so you got one teacher that was getting it on with another student yeah, and her husband snitched her out. He snitched her out. But, um, but what I found in the Philadelphia story uh, centers more towards black people in that there's a huge teacher shortage yes. in Philadelphia right now, especially when it comes okay. to black teachers. One of the most, the craziest thing I saw was that apparently today... Philadelphia is employing 1,200 fewer black teachers than 20 years ago. That's wow. a goddamn wow, exodus, crazy. man. Uh-huh. And like the teacher shortage has been so bad that during this past school year, even without COVID searches, they have had to close some schools sometimes just because they didn't have enough teachers that were there that day. It's been madness. So right now they say uh, like the, the student body in Philadelphia is three quarters black and Latino. And the teacher makeup is like one third black or Latino. And it's even worse. Latinos are even more underrepresented as teachers than black people in that system. So it's wild right now. If you're, if you're, if you're in education right now and, and you're a person of color, you might want to look into Philadelphia, especially with all these new diversity trainings and hiring things they got going on, because they know it's a it's a problem. But what are they paying? You can't entice me to come to Philadelphia if you're not going to pay me Absolutely. appropriately. That's a problem. So Philly might be getting ready to do country. some teacher pay bumps. Y'all might want to you know, mm-hmm. keep your ears open up there. But then what school do you go to? That's no different than what Douglas was just talking about in the last break about charter schools and like yeah. it being a better... Situation. It's also so in the parent. charter school system, public and private. They're having teacher shortages, especially with black people. Wow. So then that, that begs the question, Jacqueline. After we figure out ways to get teachers more money, how do we get teachers adequate access to adult sex? What programs can we put in place <laughs> what? to keep the teachers from banging the students? Okay, we need to, since we're going to, okay, I'm with you. 
since we're gonna give them more money. Shot collars. No. <laughs> since we're gonna give them more money, we have to put a morality clause in those contracts. Charity we should bills. teach. Well, no, we should treat teachers like we do athletes. They should be making big money, and they should have morality clauses in there also. Yeah, like in a morality clause situation, like you're going to lose that job regardless if you get caught. So what is the morality clause going to do? But that gives you one additional reason not to sleep with a student. Going to prison, if that's not reason enough, there's nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. If, hey, the whole going you're, to jail you're gonna thing. Be a registered yeah. sex offender and go to that's prison. For the rest of your natural life, how is that not a deterrent? I don't understand what it's more not. you need. I still feel like I was deprived because I can't think of a single teacher I had through high school that I was like, oh yeah, given a chance. Like, nah, man, like not not one, not in high school. College that's different, but high school. So you're saying high schools, so we can prevent this, maybe by going the opposite direction of Southwestern State with no ugly Mm. students. And change it to where we just hire ugly teachers. Uglier teachers. Oh, ugly teachers. Uglier teachers equals less children fucking them. That might be the best solution that I've ever heard you have to any problem we've discussed on this show, Ryan. I like this. I like the way he's thinking. Oh, wait, one moment. One moment. Uh, Got a more specific educational story for the white listeners and the people who work with white people, and it's about their favorite uh-huh. subject, cops and dogs. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> Mark yeah, Lives Matter is mm. back what? at Wait, it. whoa. That's right. What did you just say? Mark Lives Matter is back. The canine unit in the police department is taking over. A story that seems to have been a little buried, but back in March, uh, cops were called in to bust up some spring breakers, They brought the dogs, and a white cop slammed a black bystander to the ground, and his police dog attacked him. That's right. The police dog attacked the cop for slamming the man on the ground. Good job. Bark Lives Matter has joined up with Black Lives Matter, and I want to say shout out to all the police dogs out there. Is the dog on desk duty for assaulting an officer? <laughs> oh yeah, you know how you know he he crossed the thin blue line. He'll probably be fired. He probably been fired. That was just like eight weeks ago. They probably already fired his ass and made sure he couldn't even be a security guard no more. Mm. Turn in, turn in your leash and collar. Right. <laughs> He'll take you off the street until we get to the bus. But chief, I'm all give me your badge, Malone. <laughs> It's bullshit, Chief. It's bullshit. <laughs> the podcast is Uncle Rod's Story Corner. Rod, thank you as always. You, good, sir. Dope and shit. I appreciate you for joining us for Teacher Week. Thank you, teachers. And I want your yes. unions fighting for way more benefits and way more money because you fucking deserve it. Yes. Mm. <laughs> that is. All right, Rod. Bless up. Scam of the week time. And uh, thank you to the homie Douglas earlier for getting teased by the students for Having condoms in this vehicle. It's very unfortunate occurrence. <laughs> I I'm I'm curious how teaching is a scam. I do feel like there's something scammy about it in the sense that I feel like I feel like city officials and politicians take advantage of the benevolence of teachers to exploit them fiscally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that wow. part of it is a scam because you know they'll do it regardless. So you just don't pay them enough. JG, who do we have on the Okay, line? before you go down that rabbit hole, we have longtime listener and fan Cornelius. Cornelius is a... Hi! Cornelius is originally from Jackson, Mississippi, and has been teaching music okay. since 2007. He currently resides in Maryland with his wife, who's also a music teacher, and his six-year-old son. He teaches high school and middle school band and choir. He'll be sharing a few stories about his early days as a teacher, Roy. Hi, Cornelius. Hi, y'all. How are you doing? We're good, brother. Now, you from the South, living in Maryland. Yeah. You and your wife both do music. So I know y'all y'all one of them singing-ass houses in the morning. Or do y'all do, like, Saturday cleanup and be singing? Uh, we're definitely a singing house. So piano and what else do you play, Cornelius? Uh, so my principal instrument in college was tuba, but uh, I play piano mostly, drums. Uh, and I'm a band director, so, you know, I'm usually picking up an nice. instrument, teaching my beginner band students, you know, like, Oh, I'm no, not sure about this note. It sounds like this, you know. So things so like that. So I played the flute, and I was third chair of three. I was terrible, Cornelius. I'm talking about terrible. So Cornelius, break it down to us. You listen to the show. You know what it is right now. Tell us the Wait a minute, Roy. Hold up. Wait a minute. Stop. Wait a minute. Hold up. Stop. I mean, real quiet. Is this the same Cornelius that offered up JG like the fish sandwiches <gasps> in the South? Is this that Cornelius? Is this Cornelius? <laughs> Oh, son! Why do you say something? I was looking up seafood sandwiches for you, JG. Oh, I was like, okay, I gotta find some fish sandwiches for you, Maryland. So. Jacqueline is working on a film in Mississippi, and this brother, out the goodness of his heart, to make sure that you can find decent fish sandwiches. So, Cornelius, you listen to the show, so you know what it is. Scam. How is teaching the occupate what are some of the scams around this occupation that might be that one that wouldn't appear to the naked eye of the average parent we're counselors we're confidants you know um i mean we play so many roles and so many hats i mean if if you were to come into our job and you know realize after a month you know oh gosh well you got to do this and you got to do that and you got to do that and these are things that are not in the job description I mean, you just play, well, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, and then on top of that, you know, we're staying after school for meetings. We're staying after school for play practice, band practice, you know, tutoring, all kinds of things. I mean, so really the scam is, is that we are underappreciated. You know, we are underappreciated. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'll take the money. I'll take more money, but, uh, we are definitely underappreciated and, uh, Unfortunately, it is a thankless job. You know? Being a black so. man, being a teacher, that is not something that you see often. I didn't have many male teachers growing up. Even in college, I didn't have any ma many male teachers. What made you go into teaching? What is it about teaching that drove you there? It doesn't pay much like you say it. So, I mean, I guess with me personally, it was my love of music. So, you know, I love being in the band. You know, I loved everything they had to offer. I, I loved marching band. I loved jazz band. I loved concert band. I love that. And, you know, for me personally, um, I remember in ninth grade, there was a French horn player. And she was having trouble, like, working on, you know, rhythm or on pitch or whatever. And I could read treble clef and bass clef because I play piano. Okay. And, you know, she's just, like, struggling. And so I was like, well, 
let me see what I can do. So I walked over and, you know, she's like, yeah, I'm having trouble right there. Okay, well, the rhythm is this. And, oh, well, you know what? That's that's A sharp. That's not A natural, you know? And and then she was like, yo, thanks, Cornelia. She helped out a lot. And that's when it occurred to me, like, hey, I, I can do this for a living. And I really looked up to my band directors. And, you know, you were saying, Jacqueline, that you didn't have many male teachers. Well, I had a lot of male teachers. I did not have a black male teacher. Like, mm. not once between... You know, elementary school, middle school, high school, college, grad school. I have not had a black teacher, mm-hmm. black male teacher. Mm-hmm. I've had black female teachers. But I have not had a black male mm-hmm. teacher. Um, wow. So, you know, just to touch on that a little bit, um, I used to not think much of it. I was just like, well, you know, I'm, I'm being me. I'm teaching band, et cetera, et cetera. But um, it wasn't until probably the last high school I taught at, because I currently teach middle school and elementary. Uh, but the last high school I taught at, it was a predominantly white high school, public school, and the kids found out I was leaving before I got a chance to announce it. Oh. And so the black kids in the band came up to me and they were like, Mr. Young, you're leaving? I'm like, yeah, you know, first I was like, well, how you found out? You know, and they told me right. they found out. <laughs> yeah, because, <laughs> you know, nothing gets by high school and middle school no. kids. Nothing. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, after we talked about that, I was like, yeah, you know, I decided to move on. You know, I want to, you know, work closer to home and all. And um, one of the kids was like, Mr. Young, um, you're the only black teacher I see all week. Oh. There were only three black teachers that entire building. It was school. It was uh, 1,800 kids in the school, probably about 60 wow. something teachers. And it was myself, the 10th grade English teacher and the basketball coach and i think he taught science as well and so i was literally that child's only black teacher that year yeah Mm. so uh i stopped taking that for granted i realized it was important Mm -hmm. like speak to the experience of teaching in a small town Mm. where you also have to see these kids out in the regular world like I remember there's a I don't remember which season it was of The Wire where the cop went to the movies and they saw the drug dealers they had just been harassing earlier that day and they were both mm-hmm. on a date at the movies. So like what's it like just being out in the community just as a regular like can you live? Like do you have to date out of town? Like how do you The one place I taught in Mississippi. I taught in Mississippi for four years before I moved to Maryland. And so um I taught in Louisville, Mississippi. And I lived right across from the Hardys. There was a house I was renting, really cheap rent, by the way. But I lived right across from the Hardys. Uh And um, I had a kid come up to me probably about the the third, fourth week of school, said, Mr. Young, do you get biscuits every morning? What? (laughs) You get biscuits every morning? You live... Don't you live right across from the Hardys? I was like, how, how do you know where I live? Well, I saw your car at your house. That is what they do. That is what they do, Cornelius, brother. I Go ahead, man. Go ahead on. Oh, I was just going to say, it gets worse. So same town, same place. Uh, this kid wasn't even my student. He was he was actually like kind of known as the bad kid around the school, but he wasn't even directly my student, this this next kid. And so um, I was dating a, the ISS teacher. I was seeing her for a little while. And because everybody knew my car, they knew where my house was. But apparently this student knew... <laughs> Her car too. So one night, yeah, yeah. So one night, you know, she was over. We were just hanging out, whatever. And the next day, the student walks up to me. Like I said, he's not even directly my student. He's just another student in the building. It's like, 
He's like, Mr. Young, yeah, I saw Miss I saw Miss Cheryl's car at your house last night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Daddy. And I'm yeah. like, Damn. <laughs> you couldn't even say nothing either. What, 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 what? Miss Cheryl yeah. got to park up the street at the family dollar and walk to your kids. Yeah, it is. I'm about to say. If you break up with a teacher, can you like date other teachers or are you like burnt at that school? You got to start. Oh, you can't, you can't date else. two teachers in the same building. You Why don't you do can't? that. Nah, man. No, nah, man. That's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, that's dangerous, <laughs> bro. Your business already. Props, first of all, for having the patience. Because that's what nobody talks about. There's a lack of black males teaching because it ain't that many black men with the patience to to stay in the classroom. And I don't care if you're teaching all white kids or all black kids. Patience is patience. Like, kids are assholes. I can say that. I have two. Now, um, that being said, my question to you is, when it comes to teaching the kids the music for band, how... Do you do you stick with the old school or do you do more traditional music? Like if we saw your band, are they gonna be trying to play Silk Sonic or are they gonna be playing like some Rodgers and Hammerstein type? Like, cause cause I feel like that's a that's a that's a that has something to do with the amount of kids taking the classes and stuff now too. But that's my thing. When I taught marching band, um, we did we did pop shows. Um, so you know, when I taught at a couple other schools, we definitely did like R and B stuff. Uh, the last who I taught at, we did more of kind of pop music. I've never been one to do concept shows because I figure if I don't want to watch it, somebody else probably doesn't want to watch it. Right. So um, so I try to do something that's exciting. You know, mm-hmm. it might not be the most exciting thing, but I want to get something like, hey, I know that song. And definitely mm-hmm. in the stands, definitely in the stands, I arrange music that the kids are going to love. Uh, last high school I taught at, you know, I had arranged, um, ah, I can't think of the name of that song. All I do is win. I had arranged all I do is win. Oh, DJ Cali. Word, word, word. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that school hadn't been doing that. And so Mm -hmm. when we played in the stands and like, the kids like, what, what? Our band is playing all I can do is win. And, you know, and this last school was like all white school. And they're like, oh, yeah. So you see the football players bobbing their heads. You see the kids in the stands bobbing their hands. And they're just like, yeah. You know, so they enjoyed that. Well, brother, I can't thank you enough for what you do. Thank you so much for caring about the cheerings. I believe the cheering is our future. (laughs) Stay your ass away from my high house. Yes. Don't worry about who I'm having sex with inside. (laughs) Sing it. Cornelius, and you have my word on this. When we get them in, and we will get them in in about another month or two, a Sackleson State hoodie and honorary degree will be in the mail for you, sir. Can he be our music director? Can he, can he be the music oh, director? Sackleson State music director. I love yes! it. I love it. Word. I take it. Word. That comes with absolutely no pay, Cornelius, and me as a supervisor. Oh, man. Well, brother, thank you so much for coming on the job fair, man. We appreciate you. Thank family. y'all for having me. me. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. 
It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized and already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the 1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop like Detective Louis Scarcella. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's one version. This guy is a piece of Derek Hamilton was put away from murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And the law was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek and other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars. We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarcella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f*** themselves. I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin-Ross. And this is The Burden. Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts. Job fair. Bringing it home on Teacher Week. Wake up all the teachers, they be teaching that lesson. Sometimes you get the a student sound? you like, and then y'all be sexing. <gasps> Why you be having sex with your student? Is that that's how the song go, right? That's mm-hmm. not the song. You had me, and then you lost me on the second verse. The I, world I, don't get no better. <laughs> <laughs> if we just yo, the teachers don't have enough songs. That's why I had to do that teacher song at the top of the show. Oh, I had to you, do Devin. the teacher song. <laughs> The teachers don't get enough appreciation. That voice you're hearing is the guest <laughs> that we're about to bring on. And I wish you could see her side eye. Her, the, guest, you her, know her side what? eye is so real right now. And the only reason I'm not letting you hang up in her damn face is because she's a friend. Mm. And I've known this woman, oh my God, 20 years maybe? Close to? Yeah. 20 mm. years? JG, who do we have on the line? Because I have a lot of questions. For this Absolutely. Woman and, and she fine, only fine looks 27. So, okay. Devin mm-hmm. Frazier's with us today. It's true. Black doesn't crack. And Devin Hello. is a long time educator. Early on in her career, she saw the connection between literacy and the school to prison pipeline. Her passion for literacy led her to eventually create the nonprofit I See Me. Its mission is to ensure that literacy is not a stumbling block for children of color in their quest for success. Welcome, Devin. Hello. Hi. Hello. So much so she believes in this third that she left the classroom to run this nonprofit full time. Now, I'll tell you a quick story about Devin back in her teacher days third. And this is how we met. We met. Making a face. 
Yeah, those faces off the grid. Listen, now, see, this is why we don't do video all the time. <laughs> the first time, I will yeah. honestly say, I sent him an email and asked him to come. Yes. He said that he would come, and this was like months, because I would always like ask around November, December, but it wouldn't be until March. Yes. And honestly, Roy, Roy said yes, not knowing he had a gig. I think it was in Tennessee or somewhere like that, and I didn't. Do you remember now? And so he literally, he didn't say anything. He drove from there to to us, ran to the kids, and went back up there. I believe it. I, oh, from Nashville. That sounds like a that's one of the yeah. Nashville runs. Yeah, and I didn't know. Like he didn't tell me, like, hey, I'm not I didn't know any of this. He went there, drove down, and went back to read to our kids. So Yeah. You know, it's none him. of your business. You don't even know where I'm coming from. That's him. I was coming from Nashville. Let me run a quick errand down to Birmingham. I'll be back by showtime. And he did that. Because he had, yes. he said, I promised I would come. Yep. Take us through that moment as an educator where you looked at the students in your class and you just said, I'm not doing enough. What The way this system is set up is not effectual enough to change enough minds. I have to leave the classroom and do it another way. Um, it was kind of twofold. The um, first pivot I made was um, just looking um, at my students and knowing the um, people that they were encountering and seeing, like I believe in you can't be what you can't see. And knowing that the kids in the community were seeing, the only people of color that they were seeing were like the police officer, the fireman, the barber. And so the first pivot was the connection to um, seeing children, seeing books in the hands of people that look like them so they could understand that connection. So I would do what was called secret reader where I would invite someone to the class. I would give them kind of uh, clues leading up. And once a month, I would invite a secret reader to come from, it, it could be someone that was an engineer, like our kids didn't know what an engineer was, especially yeah. if they look like them. Or someone that might've been an author. Um, Roy has been one. Just allowing them to see and understanding that connection, as well as athletes. Not, I mean, a lot of our boys were really good athletes. But in their heads, all I have to do is run fast or uh, play really good, not understand that connection. So that was the first pivot. Then the second huge pivot was um, a student I taught in the fourth grade. Um, I just fell in love with, I mean, I, if I could have adopted him, I would have adopted him. Aww. I just loved him to pieces. But I knew that reading was not a, his strong suit when he was in, mm -hmm. when he was with me. Years progressed, and that student actually um, was charged with murdering no. a guy that was a classmate and friend of mine. And who would have thought that me sitting in the class, class that I was teaching a student that would eventually go on to murder someone that was close to me, that was a friend of mine. And oh, so God. I thought, you know, although he did, he, he, he got off, but I still thought, well, God, what could I have done? to prevent this from happening. How could I have saved this student and my friend's life? Um, and so my connection was literacy. I knew I was, a, as an educator, my strength was literacy. Um, and so when I learned and read more about the, I don't even call it school to prison pipeline, the literacy to prison pipeline. And mm -hmm. I knew that that was my strong suit. I mm -hmm. threw everything into that. 
trying to figure out ways to engage my babies because they were my babies yes. in reading mm. and them understanding that vital connection between literacy and life. Mm. Educators like you are, you're rare. So I see the difference you're making with the organization I see me. Then I see the flip side of that. You in a classroom. Think of 10 of you in a classroom. You're doing great work. But the transition from the classroom, we miss you there as well. Help us make that balance, even though you made the decision you needed to make. Um. So honestly, when people say that, I often say, we're not rare at all. Okay. In the school I was teaching in at the time, I worked with educators who, if a student came to school and the parents' water was off and they came in and you could tell mm -hmm. they weren't clean, they cleaned mm -hmm. them. We were combing hair and washing clothes and buying clothes and, and, and paying, helping parents pay bills. That was not uncommon for for the teachers I worked with. And quite honest with mm -hmm. you, throughout my through my um uh, career, those are most of the educators I worked with. I think that what happens is oftentimes that bad apple gets highlighted and we don't pay attention to those teachers who are giving their all. I just knew that for me, um, I could affect change with, you know, 20 kids a year or I could do, or I could affect change with children throughout the state um, on a mm. large, on a larger basis. And wow. that's what um, caused me to pivot and to change um, my career and wanting to give my all to children statewide and, you know, nationwide. Um, that's my goal. Well, a little couple statistics here from down South Georgia, girl, before we get you out the door. 85% of juveniles who face trial in a juvenile court system are functionally illiterate. Wow. Two thirds of students who cannot read proficiently by the end of fourth grade will end up in jail or on welfare. And those are the types of statistics that you're trying to fight against. The website is I see me, dot org. I see me Inc. Dot org. It's a very beautiful website. I'm absent from the website. I need to send a picture of myself holding the book and maybe then you can. No, you're actually to the on website. the website. You did a read aloud. Okay. Okay. Well, no, no, but I, I want to be on the homepage like this black dude with the edge up. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Mm, black the edge dude. up is clean. Well, yeah, it's a clean. Way. He got waves and it all. Is a clean, oh, all right, right. Maybe all right, I can't be on. a light-skinned baby in his lap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Racially ambiguous. This is for all minorities well, of all complexions. Because we are not just focused on black or African-American children. We are focused on all children who are underrepresented in children's literature. Mm -hmm. So children of color, period, that um, black, indigenous, people of color, um, yes. mm -hmm. all of our children. I'll read. I'll read for y'all, Devin. Y'all want me to. I'll read. Yeah, I'll now, read for real. No. I do it. I can't. Do I got to come down there? Can I do it over Zoom? You sure can. And I do call. Yeah, yeah I do it. All right, now nah, do that. Go ahead. Okay. Right. You can stamp me to you, it. I read. Agree to it if you want. You're going to be driving <laughs> from Jersey like I was leaving Nashville. <laughs> Bruh. You don't break no promise to Devin Frazier. I'm telling you that right now. You say you're going to do it, you better Not do it. Not for the babies. Mm -mm. I'm, well, all about the, I'm all about the tippy tiles. I'm all about that. So you let me know what you need me to do. I sure will. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. I can't thank, thank you for Devin. the sacrifice that you've made to your community over the decades to try and 
educate people. And thank you so much for all that you do. We appreciate you. You is teacher. You is teacher. You is teacher. You is women and you is also teacher. Yes. I like being Thank you so, so much (laughs) for coming on the Job Fair. That's the show. Roy's Job Fair is a product of iHeartRadio, Comedy Central, and South Park and Princeton Productions. We did it. We appreciated the teachers. Are you happy now, Jacqueline? Very Are you happy, happy. now? When we, we get a raise, I'll be people. happier. We did one for your people today, JG. We We're going to Capitol sure. Hill. We're going to Capitol Hill. Uh, okay. To do what? You know, to protest and ask for a raise for teachers. Well, they deserve well, it. Ain't you seen? It's real funny. You don't be talking that shit on the air no more about just running up on the Capitol and well, shit. White people fuck that up. You can't be doing that. I don't know. From what I can tell, they ain't put up no new fence. We might be able to just run up in that thing, <laughs> JG. Mm. That's the show. We love you, teachers. Wake up all the teachers. Teacher ain't got no money. No. And then they did big. He lived across the street from the Hardys, and the kids knew where he oh, lived. Oh, and then the kids started teasing him because the car he drove. Why don't get no better? <laughs> <laughs> we just. <laughs> That's my teacher song, Jacqueline. Why are you making I that see. face? I'm, I don't. No, we done. You gonna learn to appreciate good music. (laughs) This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.